Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, and welcome to the New European Podcast. I'm joined by Jerry Scott on a train. Hello. We're not just Jerry Scott, we're here with a whole posse of New European cast members because we're on our way to our 100th edition party. Aren't the we, whole gang's here. Yes, we've got Sarah Roberts, who's our head designer. We've got Sam, whose surname I always forget. Say hello, Sam. Hi. Tell me to be quiet before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just now, Sam. We've got, we've got Speak Liz spoken to. <laughs> yeah, hi. Mark Hindle. Hello. Jasper Coppin and random commuter Alex. Hello, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to do the news first, then we're going to take you along to the party and meet some of the guests, which should be fun, and then there will be a Brexit of the week, which we're going to record tomorrow morning, which I expect Jerry will be a tough one. So are you going to open that gin for me? Yeah, yeah, come on Pass me a gin. Yes, come on, (laughs) get it open. Very good. There it is. all went wrong. Yeah, no, that's fine. Don't spill it. (laughs) Uh, we should probably talk about Dominic Grieve. Yeah, it's been a bit of a week, hasn't it? Well, has he waved a white flag, do you think? Yeah, well, he's been prepared to the grand old Duke of York, hasn't he, which I quite <laughs> like. <laughs> um, the reference we're all waiting for. Um, yeah, this is the meaningful vote amendment, isn't it, that he proposed and then voted weirdly voted against. Well, I mean, he didn't have the numbers, did he, I think? No. Um, which was the, probably the main reason he backed down. Yeah. But, um, well, I was on this podcast, wasn't I, two weeks ago, saying this was the vote I thought was most dangerous for the government. Yeah. Stupid me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Never listen to me again. But it probably it probably was. I mean, yeah. they've gone... Obviously, there's been lots of double-crossing. The first time it came around, the week before last, um, there were lots of promises about yep. what was going to happen. Those were just completely ignored. I yep. mean, they were just flat-out lies, clearly. And then when it's come back from the Lords again... Greaves put down a fairly messy amendment, to be fair. He even yeah. admitted that himself in the House. And then um, and then voted against it. But he's been played by David Davis here. Because all yeah. David Davis has done is state what Parliament can do. Just parliamentary procedure. So he's kind of said that they recognise the role of MPs and the Speaker to hold the government to account. And that's important. But that's not the same as guaranteeing MPs a vote on the final deal, no, is it? And, and it's way how, off. How I read it is that... Even if the speaker does allow a vote, it yep. won't be binding. No, exactly, exactly. Um, Dominic Reeve said he was waking up in the night saying that he was worried it was called the, cause the government to collapse if they were defeated. I mean, so what? It kind of shows well, his loyalty to the party rather than rather than the country. He came across very much like a lawyer, which didn't help. I no, thought, I know he is a lawyer, but well, yeah. it, 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 it wasn't hugely inspiring. 
And it's I absolute think... scenes though in the chamber, wasn't it? MPs being wheeled through in wheelchairs, yeah, sick Na- bags, Nash heavily Shah pregnant. Yeah. Was poorly and was in a wheelchair with a with a sick um, bucket. I mean, yep. not great. We had pregnant MPs. I think there was also a, a, an MP whose husband is, is very severely yeah. ill who was forced to come in. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know that tag of the nasty party is uh, sort of come back to haunt Theresa May. I think yeah. the last few days. That's how worried they were, though. Clearly, yeah, absolutely. They didn't, they didn't need to be, as it turned out, because they played a great sleight of hand. Yeah. Is that this dead now? Then. I think I actually think it is because if Grieve was whipping it all up and he's the one that's now become a bit of a turncoat, then you know that's it was the last big battle, wasn't it, for them, for the rebels. It was or, on the meaningful vote. Yeah, yeah, certainly. yeah. Let me just read what um, Jacob Rees-Mogg said to the Today programme this morning, which because there's been lots of uh, confusion about what this actually means, but I yeah. think Rees-Mogg has got this bang on. So the speaker will be bound by precedent and standing orders. The speaker will not make an arbitrary decision. If the motion is not in neutral terms, it doesn't meet the requirement of the Act of Parliament. It's always been the case that Parliament can have any motion it wants. The question is, does it have any legal force? A motion under an Act may have legal force, a routine motion in expression of opinion by the House of Commons does not have legal force. We've just gone through dis, everyone. Very exciting. Those were the people getting on in dis, which is a sleepy little place in Norfolk. Um, because, unless you've been reading the Daily Mail, which will tell you we're moving to London, we're not. We are travelling down from Norwich through dis. Anyway, Jerry, dead in the water, is that it? Is it done? For the moment, at least. The rebels over with? They're not over with, because there were still Tories who voted, you know, for this amendment. Um, but, you know, I think it, I think it's going to be a while before it raises up head again. I mean, they need, they need decent numbers, don't they? They need... Yeah, yeah well, it was 319 to 303. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's tight, but it's not extremely tight. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so the next time... I think that the Rebels might get the chance to flex their muscles a little bit. Sorry, there's a Sudoku quiz going on in the table next to us, which is quite loud. Oh, it's alright, Mark. You can carry on with the Sudoku there. We won't be long with this little podcast. One of the most listened to uh, podcasts available in the country. You carry on with Sudoku. We'll, we'll come back to you and see how you got on in the end. Oh, can you move your bags there? Does anyone want anything from the trolley? Listeners, do you want anything from the trolley? I don't think. I think we're alright, unless Alec comes in. So the next time I think the, the next time the rebels get to flex their muscles, I think yep. is going to be on the trade bill vote yeah. when there'll be some amendments around customs unions. Yep. And it's interesting. That's one. That is one that, that, that Brussels is certainly going to be keeping their eye on. We're just having our tickets checked here. Um, that's one that Brussels will be keeping a close eye on, Jerry. Yeah. Your accompanying seat reservations, please. Do you have your accompanying seat They're all over there. <laughs> just take them all. <laughs> We're just having our tickets checked by Adam. How could Would you like to be on the podcast, today? Adam? Not, not too bad. Not um, too bad, good. We'll see how, it, how, how my last train goes. <laughs> when's your last train? It will be 1700 off London tonight. 1700 off uh, London. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Um, the reason, Jerry, back to Brussels, oh, yes. the reason that they are oh. uh, going to be so interested in that trade bill is because of the customs union and the impact that Thank might have on the Irish border. Yeah. 
So Juncker is taking this opportunity. I think once the once the bill had gone through to um, to, to sort of flex his muscles on that. Yeah, he's over here at the moment, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's having a visit. Well, That's over right. here, I say Ireland. Yeah, quite. Um, he said this is not a bilateral question between Ireland and the United Kingdom. This is an issue between the UK and the European Union. And that's very important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, this is—it's uh, there's also not been quite an agreement yet, has there? Ireland's um, deputy prime minister Simon um, Cameron has like told the UK there is going to be no withdrawal deal without an agreement, and you know, he said that a no deal arrangement was being seriously considered by the EU. We know that, yeah. and it, it, you know, um, Dominic Grieve, who we were just talking about, it, said when he was talking about his amendment that people don't know how close the government was to collapse and don't know how close we were to a no deal or we are to a no deal um, the EU is standing behind Ireland in this and well they're bound to aren't they but yeah, that's all we've got are. to remember I think with this negotiation of the border is we're yeah. not just negotiating with Ireland This is far, we're negotiating yeah. not just with Brussels we're negotiating with 26 Absolutely. other member states who are all going to stand behind Ireland and it's why you know this is why that the customs um, amendments and debates are going to be so interesting because there's going to be no deal until we agree on Ireland. So it's all still up in the air. We're still no further along, in my opinion. And this, when the trade bill comes down, yes. really could derail the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely could. Absolutely could. Okay, great. We've had our tickets <laughs> checked. We've gone through this. Yep. The Sudoku is coming along nicely, yep. I can tell. And the sandwiches are out. Sandwiches are out. The beer has been opened. We've got our gin. It's a proper daytime train journey. But what were you doing on Sunday morning? Sunday morning, <laughs> stressing about the NHS. Yeah. So, did, uh, did you see May on Mar? Yeah, I did see May on Mar, and she was not impressive. All right. T- tell from the top, Jerry, because you are actually top. Jerry is actually a bona fide health editor. <laughs> so tell us, uh, tell us your take on by, this. By day, by I am. Um, yeah, night. <laughs> by night, don't ask. Um, so, <laughs> twenty billion pounds has been promised uh, to the NHS for its seventieth birthday over five years. Um, essentially, any new money in the NHS is welcome. We've all seen the headlines over the winter about ambulances queuing, people waiting in corridors, people dying because they have to wait too long. But of course, it's it's never enough, is it? Um, it probably means that waiting lists are just going to not get longer. You're not going to be waiting on a trolley in a corridor as long as you might have been. It might right. keep some nurses from leaving when they might have done. But the big problem is where this money's going to come from. And we all saw the front page. Well, let me, just, let me just show you before you get on to that. So are we talking about money to allow the NHS to stand still? Essentially, yeah. This isn't an investment as in, in the, its new money. This is money that is... Yeah, helping it stand still and not get worse, essentially. Right. It's not going to help anything get better. Right, okay. Um, and where is the money coming from Because <laughs> this is, I mean, and Theresa May and PMQs this week yeah. couldn't answer that question, no. could she? No, and she still can't answer that question. They say it's coming from this Brexit dividend. Right, we know that the figures don't, even if, even if there was such a thing as a Brexit dividend, no. Um, and, and even if there is some money coming back that we won't be giving to the EU anymore, yeah. that is going to be offset by all other kinds of economic yeah. pressures and, and impact that we will have because we've left the EU. Yeah. So let's. Brexit dividend is nonsense. No, so 15 billion is the official forecast of how much Brexit's going to weaken our finances by. Yeah. The 9 billion that we kind of nominally save has been earmarked for other things. Yeah. So the money's not coming from Brexit. 
Um, the Prime Minister, as you say, doesn't know where it's going to come from, and neither does Philip Howland, who essentially is going to have to um, raise taxes to cover this, um, no doubt. That rips up a manifesto promise, um, and it's thought that on Monday at Cabinet, everyone got a bit of a lecture saying that there was no more money, so don't even try it, basically, even though... Um, Jeremy Hunt has basically yeah, said we're spending this money even though we don't know where it's going to come from so it's going to be a rise in taxes but you know they promised the money it's always these taxes well it's manifesto promise and it's going to be a surprise and it's not surprise a surprise <laughs> <laughs> that's it we'll just get our wages and they'll be, they'll be like smaller than normal absolutely surprise <laughs> so God so, knows where the money's I mean, coming from uh, alright so NHS big issue I think everyone will be happy to spend a little bit more on the NHS yes yeah. But, um, do you know what? But, though, but the Lib Dems have been banging on about that for ages about putting an extra penny, penny on. on yeah, tax. absolutely. So it's not like it's um, groundbreaking, is it? It's not. I, but you know, if we do want a better NHS, then we do need to raise taxes. Yeah. So fair enough. But it's the problem now that she's got is that she she's pledged the money, yeah. but she's not willing to admit that she doesn't know where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. caught a short of it, and she still can't answer the question. It's no, embarrassing, frankly. It is rather. I mean, I thought that Corbyn was right to go on it on PMQs. Yeah. But, to be honest, his figures are a bit fudgy as well. On yeah, NHS they're side. not ideal either, are they? I mean, no, it's all quite. very well for Labour to say, you know, Labour would properly fund the NHS, but the question still remains how. Yeah. So, final thought on the NHS. There is no such thing as a Brexit dividend. Nope. Um, Which, by the way, has been referred to the Advertising Standards yeah. Commission by yeah. Tom Watson. He yeah. said, "How can they say it?" He's Interesting. A cad, isn't he? <laughs> Tom Watson, God bless him. He lost all that weight, though. Yeah. He's looking good. Isn't was he, he on Slimming World? No. He Wait, what? On... No. What? He did Jenny he... Craig. No. <laughs> no. He t- Tom. He uh, he set up his own diet whereby, as long as he didn't eat like five burgers a day, <laughs> he g- he bought himself a little treat. Fair enough. Which wasn't a burger. Well, I mean... So he bought himself, like, an electronic gadget or something. Because, you know, he look, he's massive into electronics and gaming and that sort of thing. So in his office, there is a cartoon of him to mid, mid to look like Mario from the Mario books. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> hanging on his wall in his office. Amazing. Colour, so. I like that little anecdote. Right. I think we should finish off our, our gins and our beers. I think you're right. And the next time you hear from us... Mm-hmm. We will be at our party and we're going to be chatting to, we don't know who yet, nope. but we're going to be asking them random Brexit questions and uh, hopefully we're going to have a lot of fun. So we will see you. You will hear us <laughs> after we've had a few more drinks. Can everyone say goodbye to the listener? Bye. Bye. Lots of really. You would, how on earth these people get a paper out? I've no idea. <laughs> Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting Podcast One, or order online at our website www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. So here we are, we're enjoying our 100th edition party at the National Liberal Club. Yes. Steve is with me. Steve, you I'm had here. a glass of wine? I've had a, I've had a little glass of wine. Alistair Campbell's with us as well, and we're going to play Brexit Question Bingo, which means that Alistair's going to pick out a question from this envelope, 
Yeah. And then you're going to you're going to ask it, and then he's going to answer it. Exactly. Well, I'll pick the works. question out. You pick the question. I will ask it. Tell me the what, number. What number is it, Alistair Campbell? It's number eleven. Number eleven. And the question is, what has surprised you most about the Brexit process so far? What surprised me most about the Brexit process so far is that it is even more chaotic than I thought it would be. Am I allowed more than that? Yes. Um, I knew that David Davis had a reputation for being, how shall we say, not very good on detail, but his not very goodness on detail I found shocking as well as surprising. He seems very pleased with himself. Well, he probably (laughs) is because he got through the the withdrawal bill, didn't he? But... um, and I think the other thing that's surprised me and gratified me, this is the thing that keeps me going, is that even though you've got the government, the opposition, most of the media are saying, this is all over, it's a done deal. Mm. I don't believe the public think that. And no. so that is a pleasant surprise amidst a lot of unpleasant surprises in the last two years. OK, good. Should we make another one? Let's do one more. one more. We won't keep you, Mr Campbell. You will be back to do your bagpipes, of course, at the end. I know. Are they going well? Uh, yeah, everyone loves them. Do, do, do they? Oh dear! Oh, I'm looking for oh, some. Number, no, 13. number thirteen. Name a cartoon character who would have voted leave, and a cartoon character who would have voted remain. Donald Trump, leave. <laughs> um, Very good. <laughs> uh, remain. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Andy Cap even though that's probably <laughs> not. I'm not sure he would. No, no. Actually, Andy Cap. I think Flo might have voted. Andy, Andy Cap probably would have ended. He might. Andy Cap though, you know, as a fellow mirror man, Andy Cap did have a kind of sense of social conscience. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna steal Andy Cap for that one and, and stick with Trump. And by the way, talking to cartoonists, did you see the story about the paper in Pittsburgh this week where a cartoonist has been sacked? Because he is deemed to be too anti-Trump. anti-Trump. Really? Yes, how, dang- right. how dangerous and bad is that? That is very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. Mr. Thank Campbell, you, as Mr. always, Campbell. a pleasure. pleasure. Thank you very much. We are now joined by Lord Adonis. Lord Adonis, thank you for coming. It's great to be here at the uh, great celebration of the 150th of the yes, European. Yes, and thank you thank for contributing much. so well, as you do every week now. Steve is going to play Brexit bingo with you. If you could, would take a question out of the pot there... Shall I tell you the number? Tell me the number and then I will tell you the question. The number is... And it's number 12. 12. Number 12. Number 12. So who are your heroes of the fight against Brexit? Well, my greatest hero is dead, Roy Jenkins. Uh-huh. Roy Jenkins is the only president of the European Commission that Britain has produced. He was also crucial in Britain going into the European Union because he led the Labour pro-Europeans in the 60s and 70s and voted with Ted Heath go into the EU when the Labour official line was to vote against yeah. uh, and uh, he was also a brilliant reformist international liberal and he was also the last book he wrote was a biography of Churchill yeah. and uh, having a biographer of Churchill who brought out to the full the pro-European side to Churchill and uh, the extent to which he not only saved Europe in the Second World War but created what we now think of as the European Union with his great Zurich speech of 1946, which paved the way for the creation of the European movement, uh, the Council of Europe, and then the European Coal and Steel Community, which then in due course went on to be the Treaty of Rome and the European Community. It was a real meeting of minds, and I see uh, Roy Jenkins as the patron saint 
of modern pro-Europeanism in Britain. I recommend all new European readers to read his biography of Churchill, which is still in print. And we need to annex Churchill to the pro-European cause. Well, I was going to ask you about say, that. Because yeah. that's, that's where he belongs. Is it even better than some other more recent biographies of Churchill? That's by far the best. It's by far the best. There's one biography of Churchill that should be burnt. In reasons, but I couldn't possibly comment on who that was by. Uh, so he's my great hero. And I think about, because I was uh, Roy Jenkins' biographer. Yeah. And I think about him every day. And I know he would have wanted us to fight Brexit tooth and nail and not compromise. Because his great view of politics is once you've decided what's right on a big issue, you don't compromise. And one of the most depressing things about Brexit is a whole load of people who should know better think you can split the difference. Yeah. Or that the time is not right. Or that maybe this isn't the most important issue after all and that you know we should put it down the list and it doesn't really matter. All of those were uh, arguments that he faced in the 1960s and 70s. And he saw them off which is a good part of the reason why we joined the EU in 1972, and it's all a compelling argument as to why we should fight Brexit now, have a people's vote, stop it, and get on with the business of modernising the country without wrenching ourselves out of our European alliances and scapegoating Brussels and Europe for everything that's going wrong in this country that has almost nothing whatever to do with Europe. Indeed, without our membership of the European Union, all of our social problems and problems of inequality and problems of alienation that we face across England, all of those would be worse. Yeah. And I know with a certainty that's how I would have seen it, and that's why it's my great hero. Great. Okay. Let's have another. Let's do one, one more. Okay. Thank you very much. And now we're is on to number 17. number 17. What makes you angriest about Brexit? The lies and the betrayal. The lies, because the only reason why the British people might be seduced into Brexit is because of the systematic lies they've been told, particularly about money and particularly about immigration. Uh -huh. uh, the truth of the money is that there will be no money to spare if we yeah. put up by the time we've paid all our bills, let alone the growth that's foregone. Uh -huh. And when it comes to immigration, what we need is to tackle this at a European level and we need to use those powers we've got ourselves to see that when it comes to regulating right to work, it's done effectively, instead of blaming Brussels for all of the reasons why we are failing to get the right policy here in Britain. Now, those two things make me very angry, because if we'd done the right thing uh, in terms of um, telling the British people the truth, the referendum would definitely not have been lost two years ago. Yes. And if we had a, a, a balanced and accurate debate about immigration, then I don't believe a lot of the social discontent that enabled the Brexiters to get to 52% of the referendum, I don't believe that could conceivably have been, have been achieved. Because in my tour around the country, where yeah. I've been visiting the 100 constituencies with the biggest leave votes, yeah. only a tiny minority are actually driven by these rather esoteric arguments about sovereignty. What drove it for most people was a real sense that the country has been badly governed for the last 10 years, particularly since the crash of 2007, but also the lies. Mm. People who really do believe we're being overrun by foreigners, particularly East Europeans, and that uh, all this money is going to Brussels. And the more likely you are to vote leave, the more likely you are to believe that huge sums, you know, up to a third of GDP, is somehow going to Brussels. Yeah, yeah. And if this could only be repatriated, we could every we're wish all... list, every item on the wish list could yeah. be funded. <laughs> There you are. That's what makes me angry. <laughs> a very angry man. Thank you very much. Andrew okay. Dice, Lord Dice, thank you and very much And it's a real indeed. riot here on the terrace of the National Liberal Party. <laughs> Isn't it just? We're hoping Isn't it just? actual riot later on. Yeah. Thank you thank very you much. Very good. We're joined okay. now by one of our most 
incredible columnist, Bonnie Greer. Oh. Bonnie, welcome. Yes, thank you. Are you just made a wonderful yes, speech. it's wonderful. An incredible speech. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to be on terrace in the, in the summer, the first day of summer. It's, it's wonderful. lovely, isn't it? So yes. now, Bonnie, we do need you to, to pick out a number from here, please. Can I guess the number before I pick it out? If you want. Go on, then, guess it. Bonnie. Okay, so, Bonnie, if you could just put your hand in there and give me, give me a number... I was gonna say eight, but then you were gonna say eight. Yeah, but then I got stopped. I was six. Six. Okay. That's not far off, yeah, is no, it? That's good. This is a. This is the intellectual question. Oh, perfect. So it's a. It's a snog, marry, avoid question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Boris Johnson, Liam Fox, and David Davis. Um, you can't say avoid on all of them. Um, <laughs> it's a really. Ooh, whoa, I was whoa, hoping you get this one, buddy. Um, <laughs> to not avoid. Yeah. Mary Liam Fox and Snog David Davis. Oh. Can we explain? Oh, go on. Please explain. Okay. If I took myself in an alternative universe and thought about these guys in terms of what would actually make them vanish from this plane, <laughs> and I and I really saw myself as administering something that would actually make them va go vaporize. And I thought the best way to do it was to do those things. And that's how I see it. Each, each thing that I do to them, and even the avoidance, renders them into that. What about the snog? The snog is actually me coming close enough to them to actually make them sort of vanish into the ether. Headbutt them. Yeah, it's like my poison. It's all my It's all my magical. It's about a magical universe in which, because I wasn't restricted on what kind of universe I did these things in, so Snog, Mary, and Avoid is in my universe. The end result for each of them is that they turn into dust. Bonnie, that's a fantastic answer. Vaporize, we want to ask you vaporize, one more question. One, one more question. And the magic number what? is? 16. 16. Number 16. Number. What is your advice for a new European reader who wants to do something to fight Brexit? Uh, buy the paper and also go to two more people and urge them to buy the paper. And the second person that they ask to buy the paper, ask them to give the paper in subscription to the person that they love. That's yes. what I would do. Yes. Thank you very much. Bonnie, Bonnie Gray, you're a complete star. It's a joy to read thank your you. column, you. even before it goes in the paper right, exactly. every week. Thank you very much thank for you, your thank time. Thank you for asking. Thanks, thank Bonnie. You. Thank you, guys. Brexiteer of the Week. Oh, Steve. Oh, that was a big night, wasn't it? Blimey. What was your favourite bit? The last bit. The end. The bitter end. The, the I liked bit where... it when we... Um, when we put a blindfold on um, Vince Cable and spun him around and made him play pin the tail on the on the Boris, that was good. Yeah, but you missed and got Bonnie. Uh, unfortunate <laughs> scenes. Um, what about um, what about the great um, game of, of pass the parcel, pass the amendment? When we all dressed up as Theresa May and then we just passed a, an amendment between each other and it never ended up, you know, no one ended up... We took more and more chairs away to simulate the effects of a hard Brexit. It was good. I mean, have you actually been home or to a hotel or anything? Or no. Through, straight no, through I slept, crew? I slept on the street. Did you? Yeah. Did you bump into the Dalek? I did. I did um, bump into the Dalek. He was in the gutter. Oh. 
Was he looking I at know the somebody, stars? I know somebody who was once um, in a place of, where I formerly worked. I, I do know somebody who was caught by his boss. Um, he hadn't gone home and he was caught by his boss sleeping, standing up in a doorway in, <laughs> in Oxford Street. And, um, and the, the, the boss came in and announced to us all that he'd just seen him sleeping, standing up. Um, in a doorway on Oxford Street, and when he came in, he was going to give him a fearful rollicking. And and when he said, "You're a disgrace," I've just seen you sleeping, standing up, uh, in a doorway on Oxford Street. The 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 man replied, "Well, why didn't you wake me up then?" So <laughs> I have a similar friend, friend, yeah, friend, yeah, uh, who um, who slept was doing a Saturday shift, decided just to sleep under his desk in the office. Oh yeah, um, and was woken by. The uh, distinctive sound of his editor's shoes clip clopping <laughs> past his desk, and had to leap out from under his desk and pretend he was doing something with the plugs. I think. Oh yeah, just looking for an eraser, sir. Yeah. Um, anyway, we need to crown a Brexiteer of the week, don't we? We do. Yeah, we do. Um, one of the things that I enjoy most about uh, Brexit is when the uh, the very wealthy uh, uh, and the the gentry pretend that they know all about what the the proles like and all of that and yeah. uh, and, the, and that's they love Brexit and uh, so let's start with Jacob Rees Mogg. Um, he's he's really into the World Cup, isn't he? Have you been enjoying the World Cup? Oh, very very much so. Yes, we put those Tunisians to the sword, didn't we? Oh, Panama next. Yes. Well, I mean, I did, over here. as much as I enjoyed England winning, I don't cigars. really enjoy watching England play. It's, it's a bit like going to the dentist or something. Yeah, it's a relief it's, when it's over. But Jacob Rees-Mogg, he's, he's, gone, he's got World Cup fever, isn't he? He's World Cup willy. And he, he's had a World Cup willy tattoo. He has, yeah, on his, on his uh, willy. On his willy? <laughs> he has. Rumour, has and, it? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> and... He, he, so he sort of weighed in, didn't he? He, he had, went on the attack against the Royal Mail. He said that they were silly and bureaucratic because the Royal Mail has banned van drivers from, way, from putting England flags on their vans. What do you think about that? Well, they're quite, I think it's quite sensible, isn't it? Because if a flag sort of waves and it blocks your vision while you're driving a van, it's not a good thing. Also, my grandfather only ever gave me one piece of advice. Yeah, go And on. it was, beware of people waving flags. Right, okay. And I, I've tried to stick with that, really. Okay. Beware of waving flags by British Sea Power, just, did he say? That's a good song. It but is just, a good song, yeah. I think just stay away from people who wave flags. Well, I don't mind a flag in the office and that, but I think if it's going to impede your vision on the, the, the to Majesty's public highways, I think it's... A, to be fair to my grandfather, I don't think he was talking about football fans so much as sort of far-right nationalists. Oh, okay. That's good. So, he... Um, so he talked about the, the, the Royal Mail thing. Then he was on his podcast talking about how much he was going to support England. I'll, I will support England loyally. I very much want England to win. And then, um, but where was he when we were putting the Tunisians to the sword? Well, I, I, 2-1 I, I, with I a only, last minute winner. I can only imagine that he was down the front Stripped of his to the waist. local it, boozer. Stripped to the waist in walkabout. Yeah. Going, come on, giving it all that. Yeah. No, he was. Uh, not even he didn't even watch the game. He was giving a lecture at Speaker's House in Westminster oh. on Britain's place in the world in the twenty twenties. Do you think he asked one of the the TVs where they show the divisions yeah, and just stuff? Put it on. Yeah, no. can you stick it on. No, he didn't. He didn't. No. Uh, Tim Martin, the Brexity boss of Weatherspoons, is in a similar mode, isn't he? he they don't show the World Cup in Weatherspoons either. No, they? They no TVs in Weatherspoons because no. they didn't have them in the nineteen fifties. Um, <laughs> 
But he's gone real. He's went a bit Nostradamus this week. But he's another person, isn't he, who believes that he knows the mind of the the common man. And he did an interview with my mate Josh Josh Barry, who has moved to the Independent. Yes. And he said he told Josh. He said, in the next two weeks, a smoke screen will be lifted and people will see that all these doom and gloom messages about Brexit aren't true. Soon, the people in the working men's clubs and the factories of Britain will see the customs union is no good. So there'll be a claim for Brexit in the factories and the working men's clubs. But what will the reaction be among the the washerwomen, the the happy urchin chimney sweeps, the little match girls, uh, the little youngsters toiling over their spinning jennies? What will all of those little proles think of Brexit? I don't know, maybe Tim will tell us next. Uh, Another thing I really enjoy are uh, torturous analogies about Brexit. And Steve Baker, who is... uh, the Brexit, the Brexit minister, isn't he? he yeah. I think he was deemed a bit too extreme, even for David Davis at the start, but he's now a Brexit minister. He told the Commons, I really enjoyed this, Brexit isn't a divorce. We should think of Britain as the EU and the EU as loving siblings who've decided to grow up and move into the houses next door oh. to one another. It's nice, isn't it? Sweet, but yeah. What happens when you're one of the siblings and then... Your other loving sibling puts up a no blacks, no Irish sign in his window, and then your shared drive is just full of loads of lorries that are on a tailback from, from Dover. I think you'd be annoyed. You'd be really annoyed. I'll tell you what else annoyed me this week was Andrew Pierce. Tory boy, he comes on Sky News, doesn't he? He does. With Kevin Maguire. Yeah. He's, well, um, and he writes in the Daily Mail, and he wrote this amazing article about Roland Rudd in the Daily Mail. Yeah. Uh, who is, uh, uh, he described Roland Rudd as a shadowy multi-millionaire spin doctor. Yeah. I thought he was great on TVAM, Roland Rudd. He was brilliant, wasn't he? In, in, his, in his pink, uh, driving through Camden Lock. In yeah, his that's pink right. Ferrari, Kevin the gerbil and Roland yeah. Rudd. Um, yeah, in his pink bucket. But he revealed that the new European has moved into a war room based in Millbank Tower a few hundred yards from Parliament. And Roland Rudd, the multi-millionaire spin doctor, has moved us in there. Yeah, what, have you not got the memo? Well, I mean, I can see from our office, I can see, I'm looking at Carrow Road now, the home of Norwich City, Ah. and unless I'm mistaken, and this is actually Wembley that I can see, and they've taken the arch down for cleaning, my my view of this article is that it's full of (laughs) Now, we've pointed this out to Andrew Pearce and the Daily Mail, um, for about a week now, but it's still it's still there. Well, let's put the record straight now, once and for all. Yeah. Are we moving in with a shadowy spin doctor who no. used to appear on TVAM? No, we aren't. Okay, good. We aren't. Andrew Pierce. It's it's, it's an actually one of his most accurate moments since um, since. Uh, and let's return to football here for a minute. When Neymar moved <laughs> from Barcelona to PSG, <laughs> Andrew Pierce tweeted. Britain gives £80 million aid to Brazil, which then breaks the football transfer record by selling player for £198 million. Something is wrong here. Well, something, something was very wrong there. Very wrong. Uh, but I tell you what, the Brexiteer of the Week yeah. is the, the entire postal service of the, the Republic of Chad. Right. Which I think most people have predicted. I, I saw it coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but... If you're posting a letter in the central African state of Chad, just down from Libya, isn't it? Landlocked. Yeah. Uh, top top middle. Isn't it the um, one with the... Isn't it the sort of square one? Yeah, it is a bit yeah. square, isn't it? Um, if you're posting a letter there, you can choose to do so with commemorative Brexit stamps, 
One of them has got Boris Johnson on. One of them has got Nigel Farage on. They're both worth about 66p. Not the stamps, the people. Um, <laughs> no, the stamps. Um, before Nigel Farage and Boris Johnson think, this is brilliant, now we've been recognised, you never recognised in your own country, etc., yeah. etc. Uh, here, at last, it's full recognition. I just want to point out to them that in the same issue uh, th that they issued these Brexit stamps, they also issued stamps of uh, Harry Potter, uh, Snoopy, R2-D2 and Pikachu, um, all of whom are more serious political heavyweights. What, what, what kind of grouping were these commemorative stamps in? You know, when the Royal Mail do it, you can get the four. Yeah, you get the four, yeah, so what, yeah. What was, what was this? Well, the, the, the Pokemon ones have got Pikachu wearing a really festive Christmas hat, <laughs> which I, would like, I think would have enhanced the, um, the Nigel Farage ones. Um, well, is there any explanation as to why? No, there's no real explanation as to why, other than I think that the, um, I think that the uh, part of the economy of Chad is based on knocking out a load of old commemorative stamps and hoping people buy them. There's also right. a nice set of Michael Jackson and ABBA, if you're that way inclined. Well, I imagine both Nigel and Boris, who've got form for this sort of thing, are looking forward to having their heads licked. Well, <laughs> exactly. So Nigel Farage and Boris Johnson, on a par with Snoopy, R2-D2... And Pikachu, and that just proves the old adage, doesn't it? Philately will get you nowhere. <laughs> I think that um, R2D2's legal team probably need to have a word <laughs> with <laughs> Chad. So, the Chad Postal Service Brexiteers of the Week. Congratulations. What should the listener do right now? Don't move to Chad. No. Um, and if instead, you do, don't post a letter. Leave us a lovely review uh, on your of the new European, uh, new European podcast on your podcatcher of choice, please. Lots of uh, stars. You can follow the New European on Twitter at the New European. You can join our Facebook group for readers, uh, or just like us on Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Sanglesey, S A N G L E S E Y. Or you can follow me at Porritt, P O R R I T T. I need an Alka-Seltzer. Me too. That was the New European Podcast. You've travelled on a train with us, you've been to a party with us, and you've experienced our hangovers. If you haven't already, go out and get the 100th edition of the New European. It is on sale at All Good News Agents now. There is a reproduction of every single front page that we've ever done in there, and we're very proud of every single one. We'll be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell... Play your bagpipes, but maybe not as loud as normal because my head hurts. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.